Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 228 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat in the flesh. And I'm Justin Swanson sitting right next to you. Yeah. In today's episode, we chat with Nebraska filmmaker Donnie Dodge about his documentary, Dual Threat, Football and Family. We also catch up on the latest Husker news. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals at cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Hit up Monty at 402-770-3356. Mike, when was the last time we were next to each other, like, in person? I can't remember. I I feel like maybe it was seeing each other at a Husker game, probably. No, it was probably, I don't know. So you got to go back. I mean, you know what? It was. It might have been our preseason chat for the 2019 Husker football season. Whoa! Really? When I came over and we grilled Central Nebraska no, Buffalo steaks. Surely I've seen. It you might have been. Might have been. I mean, so that's either so. Because then the winter happened, and then after winter, uh, pandemic. Oh man, it's possible. Well, anyway, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because like, you know, we're talking yeah. all, on a semi-weekly basis, R- regular seeing communication, each other, yeah. But in the flesh, I mean, like I was just talking to you when I got here tonight. Like, your kids are growing up, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You've never been in this recording studio that yeah. kind of settled into through the pandemic. I like it. It's a nice dead room. It's uh, it's and by dead room, I mean like it keeps it keeps the sound. That's audio lingo for it's a good place to record. Yeah, I like. There are no dead bodies down here. I tried that. I'm aware of. I tried working down here early in the pandemic, and it's it's a storage room in our basement, and it's just way too busy to get (laughs) work done. I'm sure your brain just goes a million miles, million different directions. So anyway, well, Mike's really good to see you. Yeah, yeah. We uh. Just got done watching the documentary. We did, and uh, right before we did that, we had some burgers, mm-hmm. some uh, buffalo burgers. Yeah, bison burgers, baby. Yeah. Or so, triple B, as I like to call them. The triple bison burger, baby, yeah. Right. They were, <laughs> they were, they were good, but we can talk about that more maybe at the end. Yeah, sure. Um, but here we are. Uh, things are taking off when it comes to Nebraska baseball. Or you could say they've landed. Yeah, yeah. It's been an interesting spring watching that saga unfold. Conference champs. A lot of hype and then kind of a bit of a lull there when it was like, oh. Well, yeah, they, they were on a roll, mm-hmm. and then they finally got ranked, and then they went 0-3 with Rutgers. Yeah. They got swept, and it was kind of like, oh, that was it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they bounced back. It's, it's really... 
It's really exciting. That's really cool. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, hopefully the football team can learn to match that and, and then maybe the basketball team can come along and volleyball can keep doing it. Right. Brings me back to seeing Nebraska play in the college world series at Rosenblatt back when we were in high school. Yeah. Was that 2001? I think no. it was... It's 2001, 2002. I can't Maybe remember it if it was pre-9-11. Pre well, was that the year when Bush threw out the first pitch? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because yeah, it was right after he took office. You and I went, mm-hmm. and we were late, and we thought we wouldn't get in. But like, No, everybody was telling us we wouldn't get in. Yeah, But, but then, we were like, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> and we just waltzed in yeah. and saw him throw out the first pitch, and we waited that whole game, and then the Huskers were the next game. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so Will Bolt caught the last out to get us into the first College World Series. Mm. And I saw someone tweeted that he's been with the team now for like eight or nine full seasons. Mm. Um, so I think they're not counting last season in that. And eight of them were conference champions or what was it? It was very successful seasons. Sure, yeah. So here, we're, so we're back in the promised land. All right. I can't believe it. <laughs> Baseball is neat. Especially when you win it. Okay. Hey, d- d- by the way, folks, do you see my disposition towards baseball and how it maybe differs f- different differs from basketball? I never played basketball. Oh yeah. Don't you're... don't care a lick for basketball. I do have a soft spot for baseball. Huge uh Nolan Ryan fan growing up. So that's <laughs> that's uh different lifetime though. Here here's the tweet. Alright. Greg, Gary Sharp said, Will Bolt has spent nine full seasons at Nebraska as a player slash assistant slash head coach and has been a part of eight regular season or conference champions. Wow. Guy knows how to win. Yeah. All he does is win. Win, win, win. No, no matter what. See, now this is where the awkwardness happens in real time where I make a stupid statement and you just stare at me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't know what to say sometimes. Yep, yep. See, this is the thing that I normally edit it out, but we're we're going. Uh, well, if there's a nice, completely unfiltered if today, a, if there's a nice long <laughs> pause, you can just take the pause out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, spe- so speaking of unfiltered, right? Uh, uh, Two a.m. Yeah, he's got a podcast called Ath- Athletes Unfiltered. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and his first episode dropped uh, Saturday at noon. And, and we've both listened to it. It's it's Sunday evening. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, you know, I think it is a show with a lot of potential. Sure. I think yeah. uh, I, I'm very interested to see how far down the rabbit hole this goes and how long of a leash Martinez gets mm-hmm. <laughs> on his show. Because, I mean, they're almost kind of promising a look behind the curtain, you know? Um, and and they they discuss the fact that you know that nobody in this kind of a position you know there there hasn't been a player like a current player right. who's launched a podcast like this where he's going to be talking about his experiences on the field while he is still on the field right so that that could be interesting I mean I'm sure that they'll take a break during football maybe season, I don't know but. Uh, no, you're right. Yeah. Tons of potential. And it, it is so cool to see just Nebraska and Nebraska athletes continue to innovate. It's, right. We've we've always done things first. And um, 
with the platform that he has here at Nebraska, he really has the opportunity. And he also acknowledged he, there was an, a name, image, and likeness right. uh, comment. I mean, they're, everybody's gearing up for the change that's coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Nebraska is going to be in as good a shape as anybody to, to meet that head on and make sure our student athletes have every opportunity uh, imaginable. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to hear him speak vulnerably about getting booed, which, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a fan and you and I, we care, you know, maybe more than some, maybe more than the average. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I can't even really remember the boos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, I guess that, that, that happened. But for him, right, like, as a, yeah, as an 18, 19, 20 year old person, like that's, that hurt a him. Pivotal event in his journey in his life yeah and uh so to hear him talk frankly about that and to get him off off the mic i kept thinking of well i I feel like when we've talked to chris hetty he's talked about he's he has like an adrian impression of his his delivery and i feel like he got adrian started out with that you know like uh press conference delivery very straight very factual very honest and he got a little bit more loose as as he got going i thought it was really fun and um, what a what an opportunity! I'm glad he's taking taking advantage of it, and will be really. Ex- I mean, as for as close as we get to our athletes here at Nebraska, the mm-hmm. podcast is just so intimate because right. it's just Mike and me talking to you, and Adrian talking to me. Right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have a better handle on who he is as a person. Just hearing some of like, just even some of his expressions. Like I thought it was funny. There were a few times before he'd say something, he'd be like, "Shoot." I don't know if you yeah. cut up on that. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's something you don't even hear the way that these guys talk casually, you know, and and so it'll be interesting over time to see just kind of where this goes, you know. So definitely hinted at bringing other players and possibly even some coaches on the podcast yeah. too, so that'll be interesting. Well, and also players outside of Nebraska, mm-hmm. it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So um, it will be interesting to see how frequent this is, if... Once the season starts, I mean, in the past, Adrian has like deleted Twitter during the season, right, so right. Um, it feels like this could be a little bit of a distraction too. Um, but uh, yeah, well, not to spend our entire podcast talking about somebody else's podcast, but I also appreciated just what he had to say about Nebraska and about how mm-hmm. football matters more here. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that was nice. Yeah, it was neat. And he didn't really know what he was getting into, but he was he's yeah. happy with it. He wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Yeah, and you know that it also gives me a little bit of little bit of uh, excitement for the fall, hearing how confident he is right now, and how mature he seems to be compared to where he was yeah. when he started as a player here. So. You know, See if, if for, yeah, I mean, if for, for no other reason, I mean, just the maturity that he's probably going to bring to this team. Um, yeah. Expect to see the team grow this year. Should be exciting. Yeah. Well, Hey, let's turn to, uh, this documentary. Yeah. And I think the way we can handle this is let's just, uh, let's just talk about the documentary. Sure. And then when we connect with Donnie, we'll, we'll maybe have, get some more questions from him about what went into it, his inspiration and whatnot. Sure. So Dual Threat is about Jerry Warner, a.k.a. Leon? Uh, no, his his given name was Leon. His given name is Leon. But his nickname was Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really amazing fella who was 
a dual threat quarterback before that was really a thing and had a, a profound impact on, on his team, on kind of football here in the Midwest, uh, but then also went back home on several occasions to work on the family farm. And he went, went and joined the military during World War One, and um, so served and gave a lot of himself to, you know, not just not just his family he was born into, but the, the Husker football family. Um, some really interesting names that you've heard of. I don't know if, you, if you've paid much attention to Nebraska football history. It was fun to hear some other names like uh, Jumbo Steen, mm. uh, who I know some of our fellow podcasts out there are big fans of. <laughs> um, really cool use of original source material with a lot of letters being read. So, you know, um, Donnie did a, has done a ton of research to put this thing together. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool to see, you know, these letters written in the guy's own handwriting. Yeah. You and I were kind of discussing the fact that 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 isn't a thing anymore. Like, if somebody right. needs to research any current players a hundred years from now, they're gonna have to like go through Twitter archives. Like, <laughs> what's that gonna look like? Yeah. I don't know. So it was really cool to see you know, primary sources used that way in, yeah. in this documentary. So, yeah. And, and it was really interesting how he balanced kind of the on the field exploits, which was, you know, all very exciting and, and fun versus the family stuff, um, kind of going back and forth between that with some twists and turns in his own family's story, uh, both his, his parents and then his own wife and kids and, um, some kind of clever uses of live action footage mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. from some different sources. Some that he just, I, I'm not sure if he found it or if he went or if he just, you know, how he got it exactly. But there are some, uh, we've learned there are guys out there playing football like they used to play football back in 1910. Yeah, like leatherhead type leagues. Like, it, it, to me, it reminds me of, you know, how there's like Civil War reenactors. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are like, we're going to play football the way it used to be played. Yeah, except for uh, Civil War reenactors pretend to get shot. These right. People are These people are actually blowing like each tackling. other up without pads on. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so using some of that, but then also um, he had some someone in like a, a uniform that was a football 1910 style uniform. Right. Um, so just kind of, I mean, when you're, when you're dealing with, his you know pre-video history it's it's going to be hard to make that come alive Mm -hmm. so appreciate all the lengths you went to 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 really make it exciting dude this is a deep cut to to bring baseball back into it okay reminds me of there was an episode of the x-files okay (laughs) and um i forget which was the male or the female named Mulder. (laughs) the guy i never watched it the guy was he was uh somebody's like yelling at their podcasting yeah yeah david coveney's character was talking about like how he liked reading box scores of old baseball games because you could replay the game in your mind just by seeing how it all fleshed out on the you know Uh on the page on the page and so i was kind of getting the same vibe and i thought they did a really cool way of reenacting or bringing these old uh tales of games played over 100 years ago uh in the documentary by bringing in professionals to recreate these these games and so they actually had kevin kugler mm-hmm. um basically give the play-by-play as if it were a live game and and i thought that that was a really cool way of bringing 
bringing it to life. At this point, it's not so much just something you're reading about, but it's something you're experiencing. They could have just put up the score and talked about it, but they let you kind of experience the game almost in real time. And some uh, some original music, too. Yeah. And you, you had a connection. Yeah, actually, uh, kind of old friends with uh, Josh Kidney, the dude from Kid Nebraska. So it was cool. To, like, totally, total surprise to see. I was like, oh, hey, I know the guy who's making the music for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty neat. Let's get Donnie Dodge on the show. Let's hear from yeah. the horse's mouth. Love it. About this, uh, about this documentary. <laughs> We are thrilled to have Donnie Dodge with us. Donnie is a Nebraska historical documentary filmmaker. And uh, yeah, we're, we're pumped to have you. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'd say it's an honor to be here. I, uh, I enjoy your guys' stuff. Oh, thank you. Well, we, we yeah. enjoyed your stuff. What's the genesis of the dual threat documentary? It all came from a picture that my wife bought me back in 2013 for Christmas. She's not from here. She's from Minneapolis. And she knows that I love Husker football. She was walking through a mall and she saw a 20 by 30 uh, picture of the 1910 Nebraska Missouri Valley Conference champion football team. And it's, it's a, just a gorgeous picture. And so she got that for me for Christmas. And so I started looking at it and I'm like, God, I wonder who these guys are. Mm. And so I started to research it and I'm like, I can't hardly find any information about these guys. And at the time I was, I was doing small documentaries, uh, or excuse me, I was doing small videos for my son's local football team uh, up at uh, Oakland Craig High School, and uh, I was interested in history, and I thought, you know what, I wonder if I can maybe tie this together. So that's kind of where the, the whole thing started, is as innocent as it is, it started from a picture, and then it also started from the fact that I couldn't find any information out about these guys. They won Nebraska's first outright conference football championship. And I couldn't find out their names. Mm. So when, when and nowadays you can, you can go online and you can find out any kind of information you want about kids that have never taken a snap, let yeah. alone set foot on campus. So yeah. I thought it was kind of a, kind of a slap in the face that that information wasn't out there. And I just kind of took it upon myself to make sure that these guys are never forgotten. Oh, that's awesome. You, you, so you have a ton of primary sources where you're actually looking at, um, letters, you know, the manuscripts, these guys and their wife, spouse, family wrote to each other. How'd you, where'd you find all that? Well, when I was doing research for my third documentary, which is called all the King's men. Uh, and it follows the, the life of the head coach, William, uh, William King Cole, uh, and his, uh, tenure at Nebraska. Um, I got to meet some of the family members, some of the grandkids. Um, and then I was lucky enough uh, to get in contact with the youngest daughter of Jerry Warner. Um, Phyllis uh, lives, lives down in uh, Texas or lived down in Texas. And I got to talk to her through, uh, through her daughter, uh, be Jerry's, Jerry's granddaughter. Um, so I could get answers to questions firsthand. This, oh, wow. She was 90, 93 years old at the time when I, when I first met her. And she could answer, it, it, there was no speculation on anything. It was, it was, no, this is why dad did that. No, this is why dad did this. And to have that information along with the letters and then along with the newspaper articles and the, the ability to research archives, newspaper archives across the country is, and yearbooks 
the, the university yearbooks, different university yearbooks, to be able to take all that information in um, and then kind of play traffic cop with it and figure out where the storyline needs to go. It's, it's, it's actually, it's a lot of work and I really, really, yeah. I, I really, really enjoy it. Um, especially when you, when you finish up the project, when you finish up the script and you look back and go, wow, this is, this is tens of thousands of pages of information. And I kind of put it all together into one 77 minute story. Yeah. No, it, I, it is. I mean, just from doing like a little bit of audio editing, Mike does most of the audio editing. I don't usually touch that, but I know like anytime you're even starting to do stuff like that, it takes forever. And I always figure it takes like three times longer than you think it's going to take. And, yes. uh, and you're, uh, I will say from, from two guys who appreciate good audio, like it sounded really good too. Like it was not slap, oh. slapped together. No, it was not. It, uh, it took me, uh, it took me four and a half years to finalize the script for it. Um, and then once I started re- recording the audio, uh, my wife, Jessica is the main, uh, Jessica doll, uh, who spent uh, 20 plus years in radio in Omaha. Um, uh-huh. That's yeah. the secret. So I, I have some radio connections. Exactly. Good for, you. Good for her. <laughs> yeah. And so, and once we got that done, it actually kind of the, the, the entire production. And, and if you're a production guy, you're going to, you're going to roll your eyes at this. The entire productionist thing took less than two months to, oh. from, from the day that I had the meeting with the a seven FL um, to when we first cut our first audio, it was, it was two months from start to finish. So tons of lead up and then, yeah. Oh, just ridiculous Pretty quick execution. Yes. Wow. Tell, tell us more about that. Mike and I were pretty fascinated by that uh, old time football played now. Is that, so is that like a really common thing? And we hadn't heard of it. The A7FL is um, it's a league. They've got a, they've got a group on the West coast. They've got a couple of groups on the East coast and then one down in Texas. And I was trying to find a way not to bore people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you can only look at, at pictures so long and you've, you've got a, a finite number of pictures. So one thing that really bugs me about, about documentaries, the, the ones that use the same picture over and over and over and over and over again. Right. So I like to have fresh content while you're telling the story, you can tell the most important story and then the most entertaining story in the world. But if the pictures aren't there, you're just reading somebody a term paper and it's boring. Mm-hmm. So I went to these guys and for, for those that don't know, the A7FL is a full-contact, seven-on-seven football league played by grown men, Big no, guys. Helmets, no helmets, no safety equipment whatsoever, which is basically what the game was back in 1910. They, they had some canvas pants with uh, wood slats sewn into the thighs. They maybe had some cotton padding in the knees, and then they wore sweaters. They had the option to wear a helmet, but a lot of guys didn't back then. So once I got a hold of them and explained to them what I wanted to use the footage for, uh, they were all in. They they absolutely, absolutely loved it. And it could not have worked better. I I had to find the right music to go under it. I had to find the right sound effects to go under it. And then obviously the voice of Kevin Kugler just absolutely drove the thing home. Well you have to find the right place too to illustrate your point. Well and that's and, and the funny thing you say that is the plays Every one of those plays, um, for, for those that haven't seen the film, every one of those plays is factually correct. Jerry Warner did throw a touchdown pass to Walt Shawner in the left corner of the end zone. That is undisputable fact. However, 
if I just read it to you like that, you're going to go, oh, well, that's there's no drama in that. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I went back, and this is 50 years, 40 years before radio broadcasting began, and I found out, found the highlights, verified by multiple sources, and then I wrote up a script for Kevin Kugler to read um, as he's doing a, a TV or a radio play-by-play. And, and I think, and he pulled it off, man, that guy is just a, a, just a sweetheart of a man and and just a consummate professional. And he loves being part of these things. And, and he just, uh, he puts so much, so much of his heart and soul into that because he, he knows how important it is to tell these stories that, that, that he, he helps me tell. It, it added a ton. It it made it very exciting, you know, instead of just, uh, like a, a box score basically exactly um, so good work good work all the way around and then Thank you had you had a few uh guests kind of guest stars for different voices of different bit characters in the story that was fun too well everybody that is uh on this script excuse me everybody that reads anything on this script has something to do with the state of nebraska uh, my daughter lily was the uh the voice of margie uh, Michelle Williamson is a teacher at, at uh, Miller North uh, High School. Uh, there's two original songs uh, from a musician named Josh Kidney from the band Kid Nebraska. Um, we also have Adam Carricker is the voice of Jumbo Steam, and he had fun with that. He really had fun it, with it, that. Yeah, that was great. And then the voice of Fielding Yost is actually the great-grandson of Nebraska head coach William Cutler Cole. It's William Cutler huh. Cole the fourth. Wow. And so, yeah, and I, I, I was, uh, I became friends with Bill. Uh, he was out in California now, but I became friends with Bill um, back when I was doing research for the, my last documentary about, about his great grandfather. And, and uh, I was like, you know, if, if you'd like to be part of it, I'd love to have you in there. That, I guess Mike has, my co-host has some connection to kid Nebraska too. He, he knew him when he, we were looking up the music and he's like, Oh, I know that guy. So yeah. I, Mike's not with me right now. Uh, so I can't give you more details there. So, um, so what, what, uh, what are you working on now? I mean, do you have something in the pipeline and something you were putting some time into right now? Every one of my documentaries, they kind of just happen naturally. Um, my, my first one, uh, was about a banker and philanthropist and a gentleman that fought in, uh, the civil war from Oakland, Nebraska. It's called A.E. Wells, a man in his park. And that one just happened Somebody asked me to do a five-minute documentary on the park in Oakland, and then I found all of this information out about him. Huh. Uh, my, my, the next one after that is called uh, Chatterbox, Cornhusker Hero, about a World War II B-25 pilot from Tacoma, Nebraska. I, happened, I live in Tacoma, and I happened to go into the bar that his granddaughter owns, and it's, the bar is called Chatterbox. And so I went in there and said, where did the name come from? And she said, oh, my grandpa flew a plane, and he sunk a boat in World War II. And I'm like, but she didn't have any other information. So I'm like, wait a minute. No, There's this more. can't happen. Yeah. Exactly. And then obviously all the King's men and dual threat came about because of that picture that my wife bought me. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a, a whirlwind four years to pump out four documentaries in four years. Wow. And uh, all of them up to this one, because the, uh, the uh, film festivals haven't kicked off yet, but all of them have won some awards. Uh, yeah. Chatterbox actually screened out at the uh, in Las Vegas at the uh, at the Palms Hotel at the Las Vegas International mm-hmm. Film Festival. Cool. Uh, all the King's Men is screened all over the state of Nebraska. Dual Threat is uh, poised to do the same 
uh, coming up this summer and leading into the fall, into the football season. But to answer your question from a long, long time ago, um, right now I am looking at uh, several options, but I don't want to dig. I don't want to dig too. One, one has something to do with uh, Dana College, and the other one also has uh, the other one has something to do with a, uh, a professional baseball player. Hmm. Maybe waiting yeah. for inspiration to strike. Exactly. Exactly. It's the, the inspiration is there now. It's just a matter of what kind of footage can I find and what kind of footage can I get the rights to? Because as a, as a filmmaker, you find out that that once you dig into it, you're like, how many rules are there? There's a lot of rules. There's a lot and a lot and a lot of rules. Anything prior to 1923 uh, pictures that were in any kind of magazine or a yearbook or any film footage that was done by the federal government is um is a uh, public domain you can use that stuff without having to pay the owners but if you go after 1923 now you have to start getting film rights you have to start getting lawyers involved you have to because i've had so many people go oh you should do one about bob devaney you should do one about about johnny rogers and that would be fantastic um there's a there's a documentary that they're working on right now about about the 90s about Cornhusker football. And they obviously have the university involved because, <laughs> because Donnie ain't got that kind of money. <laughs> right. Yeah. You'd have to have a, that's, that's why you've got big money people in Hollywood and producers and all that. These things ain't cheap. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Well, I, you know, I realized when, after I asked that question, I should have asked another question before it, which was when did you officially like premiere this? I don't know. I guess I was under the impression it had been out for a little bit, but it sounds like dual threat is, kind of been recently released or is it did the pandemic affect that the the pandemic definitely affected it i released it um online march 6th of uh 2021 okay Um, it's it's relatively recently released yes and march 6th once you see the film you'll realize march 6th there was uh two very very important days in the life of jerry warner that happened decades apart um uh that came about on march 6th I i thought it was very fitting to yeah. uh, to debut his story to the world uh, on that same date, and then it also the world premiere in a theater screen uh, theater screening was the evening of the spring game at the Ross Media Arts Center, just 300 yards where Jerry Warner led the Cornhuskers to yeah. two two consecutive Missouri Valley Conference championships. Well, I, well, I want to want to talk about how it ended. I enjoyed how the suspense and then how the Michigan, you concluded the Michigan game there. I won't say anything more so people can. Oh, see no, it. that's that. Yeah. That was, no, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was instead of going front to back where you start where he was born and then you go to where he died. I wanted to mix that up. I wanted to be able to take that story and create the drama. And I knew that that Michigan game, once I researched that Michigan game and I was getting angry, <laughs> without giving too much away i was reading what happened in that game and i'm and i'm kind of plotting out on a piece of paper okay so what the, the research on these things is is in very intense because they, a lot of times they didn't give stats so they would give exact plays warner off the left for six um uh, shanka off uh, up the up the middle for 11 but they wouldn't give down the exact plays but you'd give every play but just not other information so you'd have to actually get a piece of paper and write down okay now they're third down now they're on the 14 stuff like that so as i'm going through and reading all of this stuff and i'm plotting it out i'm i'm thinking to myself if i was watching this game on tv as a husker fan i would be livid 
Mm. I would be livid. They're getting screwed over. How, mm. how are the refs allowed to do that? You can't, you can't do that. And then the comeback and the drama of the comeback um, is just something that I knew that the film had to end there. So that's when I decided, all right, we're going to take this piece and we're going to move it here. We're going to make yep. this piece and we're going to move it there. And cohesively, writing-wise, it took a little while, but once we figured out where it needed to be, it all kind of fell together. Yeah, it was a really, it was a really uh, unique narrative structure, and I really enjoyed it. I thought Thank it was you. cool. Yeah. How can our listeners find your, your documentaries? I know there's a couple of them available online, right? Yes, uh, actually all of them are available online. It's at Dodgewell, D-O-D-G-E-W-E-L-L.com. Um, you can uh, buy the DVD. You can enter in different individual prices, uh, or you can actually download or stream it right there from the website. Uh, they're, they're all available. Some are as cheap as 99 cents, and some are, some are I think there's 10, I think they're 10, 10 bucks now, or five bucks to stream it for uh, All the King's Men and for Dual Threat. Yeah, Dual Threat, uh, or uh, All the King's Men, you had a kind of a brief uh, cameo in Dual Threat as well, so it kind of made me want to go back and watch All the King's Men now, which I think I have, I think I've got I, it, so. I, 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 do, I do believe you have that, so yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have it out there, and I know that this is, uh, it's not one of those things that it's not a, a, a weekend blockbuster that I'm going to sell a million uh, a million DVDs in, in one day, and, and, and quite honestly, after four years of this, I realized it's, it's not, it's, it's not, and nor has it ever been about making money on this thing. Uh, independent filmmakers, it's, it, you're, you're, you're in it for your passion. And I am in this to make sure that the stories of Jerry Warner, the story of William King Cole, the story of, of uh, Bob Chat, the story of Asa Wells, that they're not forgotten. These guys did some amazing things and it's just time has let their stories slip away. And my, my ultimate goal in this whole process with this film and the last film is to get Jerry Warner and William King Cole into the Nebraska football hall of fame. That's my, that is my ultimate goal is to have their family be able to be there Mm. um, and, and have that hall of fame and have the fans say, we remember, and we are honoring their accomplishments. Yeah. It's a noble goal. It's exciting. I think you've definitely done a lot to move the needle in that direction. And, I uh, so. um, I, uh, yeah, hopefully that, uh, hopefully like Moose and Ronnie could see it and, you know, help. That would probably be helpful. I've actually, cause. I've actually sent, uh, sent copies of, of uh, both films, uh, both of the Nebraska films down to, uh, UNL. I know that, um, that they, that they did make it to, uh, uh, the athletic director's office. And, uh, and I know that, uh, coach Frost got him. Uh, I was, I was an acquaintance of, uh, coach Frost back when he was still in the NFL and, and, uh, and I've got a couple of emails thanking me for the, for the DVDs and thinking of him. And obviously he doesn't have a lot of spare time. No, <laughs> Which is fine. Which is fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Keep working hard. Why don't you retire, Scott? I feel like uh, we have a little bit in common here as far as you don't do the, you don't do the documentary. You don't do the podcast to make money. It's about passion and connecting with Husker history and Husker fans and Husker players. So uh, kindred spirits here. And it's uh, Donnie. It's been a real pleasure to talk with you. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Take care. Yep. I'll be great. Thanks again to to Donnie Dodge of Dodgewell Productions for for joining us and also for making that 
that documentary available to us. We really enjoyed it and uh, commend it to you all. And just as a reminder, you can go to dodgewell.com, D-O-D-G-E, so just dodgewell.com, and uh, you can look into the dual threat documentary right there, and there are ways to purchase it, get a hold of it. Stream it, I think. You can yeah. download it. I was going to say, you can even, like, if you want to check out the trailer on YouTube first, it's there. And that's Dodgewell, not Dogewell. Not, yes. Yep. If you're trying to buy Dogecoin, you've come to the wrong spot. Yep. That's a Has- thing. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag crypto. All right. To the moon. So before we wind things down, I do want to mention the last several episodes we've been pointing out that if you wanted, you could go to the farmer's market in Lincoln and pick yourself up some Central Nebraska Buffalo products. Yes. Um, that's actually what Justin did yesterday. I went down to the farmer's market yesterday, saw Kendra, got some... Uh... Got some ground buffalo, mm-hmm. and we made burgers tonight and grilled them outside. I did four quarter pounders, um, and then did a few more. And I think Justin ate like three <laughs> or four. I'm not sure. I ate a lot. Yeah. <laughs> then we did some beef burgers alongside too, because mm-hmm. then we ate with my wife and kids. And um, I'm actually really glad that we did that because it was fun to have the comparison compare the two. of the beef to the bison. And I would say, from a taste perspective, like indistinguishable yeah that and see that's the thing is like i feel like some people might be like bison ew i don't want to do that like it's gonna be gamey or it's too lean i literally if you were to hand me that burger and say here try this like talk about those plant-based things that are out there you know like this is not real but with bison i mean it's it's the real deal you're still eating uh this juicy Burger. I don't know if you would call it a burger. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. It, it's really, really bison good. Burger. Yeah. So I would um, say the only point that I noticed a difference was I had the bison patties on one side of the plate and the beef patties on the other. And when I had served it all up, you could see a grease puddle from the beef. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's the difference right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's kind of a no brainer if you're trying to think of like what's the healthier option. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and that is something. I'm mindful of right now. You and I were talking about that while we were eating dinner. It's, it's you know, I'm trying to make better choices in that area, uh, you know. And so, if you're like me, where you don't want to give up meat altogether, <laughs> yeah. So a leaner option is good. Yeah, so, for real. So super good. Uh, thanks to Kendra and Central Nebraska Buffalo. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed it. And of course, we always want to commend Monty Rody with Pinnacle Realty. Uh, earlier, we were talking about uh, cryptocurrency, how that is. Uh, um, well, actually, I guess we didn't bring it up, but it's kind of tanking right now, right? Not so with the housing market. It's just as busy as ever. Hot, hot, hot. Yep, yep. And uh, just as hot as it was outside while I'm wearing my jeans and my dark colored shirt. I, mean, I don't know why it was. Yeah, you know, like a neon running shirt. Yeah. So a few like, weeks ago, I was talking about like sweating by the grill. That actually happened this is, to me tonight. That's <laughs> what you wanted. Yeah. It was your hope. Um, but for real though, um, Monty Rody, he's going to be your your guide through this process. You need an advocate. You need somebody who knows what they're doing, um, who can kind of navigate this crazy time when it comes to buying and selling real estate and so go with an expert go with somebody with experience somebody who knows what they're doing that's monty roadie well said mike yeah because i know i don't know what i'm doing if you want help buying or selling a home don't call me (laughs) mike you'll just say call money Uh, yeah exactly right or i'd be like so um 
let's launch the game The Sims, and we'll try this a few times and see how it goes. Probably the same. <laughs> Market forces at work. Fun fact, I've never played Minecraft. I've seen a kid or two. Play. Okay, I thought maybe none, your kids might my, have been. No, nah, we try to keep them off computers at oh, this okay. point. Sure. They're sure. still pretty young. Yeah, my one of my nephews is he's all about Minecraft and It's a slippery slope. Yeah. I don't play a lot of those types of like open like sandbox types games. Mm. Do you do you ever do any of that type of stuff? Like I, there's like a farming simulators and no, stuff that's like not Terraria really been, or whatever. Not really my jam. I don't have yeah. a lot of time for games, but if I do, I want something that has like a level that I can beat. Yes. And then feel a sense of accomplishment and then come back to it in like two months. Exactly. <laughs> and pick it right back up. Uh, that's why like I still like Tetris. I can sit down, I can play around with Tetris. I'm good. Classic. So speaking of Tetris, Monty Rody, everybody. Make the pieces fit. <laughs> nice. I didn't know where I was going with that, but you made it work. <laughs> uh, and as it turns out in real life, the way we end our podcast is the same as on the internet. Can you, on a moment's notice, sing the Tetris theme song? Go. I Thanks, Arthur. If nobody knows what I'm talking about when I say thanks, Arthur, in reference to Tetris, I will stop making these stupid jokes. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> Go Big Red, Mike. Go Big Red. High five. Okay. Yes. Yeah. In person. Woo. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.